See, w- without the Word of God, see, faith cometh, according to Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing is not listening. Hearing is to understand. And so Mark 4, 24 says, be careful what you hear because the level of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will determine the level of virtue and power, knowledge that comes back to you, and even more will be added when you get it right. And, and, and so we, we take God's Word, and we begin to give thought and study to it, and we begin to meditate upon it, and then the Spirit of God begins to bring revelation. God's not trying to hide stuff from me. He's trying to bring revelation. And, and, and remember when, when, when uh, Jesus was talking to Peter, and Peter had heard something on the inside. It didn't come from the outside in. It came from the inside out. When Jesus asked him, who do men say that I am? And he finally got down to, hey, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, that, my friend, came. That was something you heard on the inside. That's not out here anywhere. That came from the inside. And that's revelation knowledge. And that's what I'm going to build my church on. I, that, that's what's going to bring strength and, and ability and power to, to, to my church is revelation knowledge. And, and this is how we're going to walk. We're going to walk according to the Word of God. And we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. And there's going to be times it looks crazy. And there's going to be times it looks like there's no way out. But we're not going to walk by what we've seen. We're going to be walking by what we've heard because faith comes by hearing. So you're going to spend some time in God's presence and the Word of God's going to come alive in you. It's beginning to speak to you. And you're going to hear some stuff that maybe you ain't never heard before. Because the Bible says that no eye has seen and no ear has heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Man, you got to get this, that God has some stuff prepared for you. And the stuff prepared means made ready in advance. So the thing that God has made ready for you is in a place that God is going to direct you to. And if you can't hear God, well, let's just do it this way. I mean, maybe... Maybe with, with years of effort, we could, um, we, we could build enough relationship that, that I wouldn't have to tell you everything, right? That, that you'd kind of begin to figure me out. But some of you guys have known me, uh, where's Keith? Uh, how long? 26 years? Oh, by the way, it's his birthday. <laughs> He's 29 today, okay, so I've known him his whole life. Um, Keith, Keith known me 26 years. He has a better advantage than somebody that just walked in the door. Because, you know, a figure, but, but I'm just going to think of a place that I want you to go right now. Okay, ready? I see it. Now, if I told you, okay, now go there. A lot of you would just go home. And that's not the place that I was thinking of. But you just go home, and why? Because how am I going to, you know, there's no, what's it, what are the chances? What are the chances? You know, even if I told you, man, there's something amazing that I've got ready for you, I have planned something that's just, oh, Fredo. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Okay, ready? Go. <laughs> well, that's how we treat our relationship with God. He's prepared things which are located at a place, and we think we're going to get there without building enough relationship with him to be directed by him. We think that we're going to suddenly arrive at the place that the thing which he has prepared is located, and I'm going to do that by, well, I came to service. I gave an offering. I put a bumper sticker on the car which I later peeled off so I could chase that guy down 
and hurt him. <laughs> we have to have a relationship. If we're going to walk by faith, see, a lot of us are under the impression, and this is where we get weird. You know, this is where we get weird because we think that walking by faith, we treat faith kind of like that thing with the anointing. That faith is like believing that you're going to receive a harvest, but you ain't never sowed a seed. And thinking that that's God's way. No, that's, that's, that's an indicator that you don't understand God at all. If, if you're expecting a harvest, I mean a bountiful, amazing harvest, you're going to have to have sown some seed because he's the guy that set up the law of sowing and reaping. Okay, if you're going to believe God for some amazing things, then you're going to have to understand God's operation, his protocol, so that he can respond to your faith. But faith isn't just believing that, you know, whatever is whatever. Faith is an obedience. Faith is, faith is man, I heard what you said. I'm going to do what you said. In the, in the book of Mark, Peter, remember he's sitting there and he's listening to Jesus teach and Jesus wants to borrow the boat and he goes, go ahead. We use it all night for fishing and got jacked, man. We, we didn't do anything. And Jesus pushes out there a little bit and he's teaching them. And then he says to him, get in the boat and let's launch out to the deep. Let's go fishing again. And Peter makes this statement, on the ground of your word, I will lower the nets again. In other words, you know, I used to think that he was whining, you know, that fine, you know, I'm a fisherman, you're a preacher. Do I tell you how to preach? No, but here you are, you're going to tell me how to fish. Great, get in the boat, let's go. That's not what he said. That would have been my attitude. His attitude was, I just heard what you said, and I'm going to take what you said and apply it to what I do. And when he took what God said and applied it to what he did, he got a result that he had never seen before. Why? He, because Jesus could see him getting a haul, but Peter couldn't see it, but he didn't need to see it. He needed to hear it. He needed to hear from God. And that's walking by faith. Launch out into the deep. I'm tired. I'm, you know, I worked hard. You know, some of you guys, you're tired today, but you're still here. Kudos to you. You know, and you worked hard, and really, what have you produced? Nothing. But kudos to you, because you're here anyways. Why? Because it said that they were pressing in to hear the word of the Lord. It, it occurred when they pressed in to hear. And when you press in to hear... You're positioning yourself to receive a word that has the power to change everything. Check this out. In the third chapter of the book of Joshua, and, and, and the guys, you know, and, and Joshua is, is leading, and I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you know, if, if you go back and read the first chapter, it starts off with something along the lines of this. Now, Joshua, my servant, is dead. So now I'm going to use you. Let's go. And Joshua's in a new place in the life because every, uh, his whole experience has been based off of, uh, you know, following under this great leader that had this great relationship with God. And there's questions in his mind, you know, do I have, do I really have the skill? Do I really have the ability? Am I really prepared for this? You know, and, and, and early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites, they set out and, and, and they're, they're going to go cross the Jordan and, and where, they, where, where they camped before cross. And I just want to say this. A lot of you guys, you've, you've got to the right place. It's just you camped way too long. You, you, you settled when you should have pioneered. You, you know, your, your spirit shifted. You, 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 you know, it's like, you know, it's like where we are as a body. You know, think about it. Where we are as a church. You, you know, we, this isn't the end mark. This is our next launching pad, right? And, and, and it took quite a bit of faith to, to get to this spot. And, and a lot of you guys are going, what do you mean it took faith? We just walked in. Right. It took our faith to get you here. And now we're going to combine our faith and we're going to go to the next level. Hello, somebody. 
We're getting ready to fly. Look at somebody and tell them, we're getting ready to fly. So break that camping mindset. If you, if you get your brain off of birth control. You had your brain on birth control. You haven't given birth to a new thought in 20 years. You know, you get it off the pill and, and, and start receiving word from God so that you can think some thoughts that you ain't never thought before. So you can understand that, man, God's got a purpose and a plan. And it is amazing. Okay, next verse. After three days, the officers are going through the camp. Look what they say in verse 3. And, and they, they, they're giving orders to the people. And they said, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the little Levitical priests are carrying it, you're to move out from your position. You, listen, time to move out. I'm, I'm praying, man. You, I got to tell you something. All week long, I'm a little, kinda, I'm a little jacked up this morning. I'm a little pumped. Because I've been talking to God all week about you guys. Which would, you know, it would seem like that could be depressing. But no. God, God's excited about you. He, 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 he has a place he's taking you. And, and, and you got to be willing to move out from your position. Why? Because in order for God to bless you, he is going to position you to win. So he's going to reposition you. Okay? He's, he, he's, he's elevating your status. I hope you're ready to be elevated. But, but you will have to be willing to move. I said, I hope, you're, I hope you want to be elevated in life. You know, if you're elevated, you know what happens is you can suddenly see things that you couldn't see before. Right? And see, and I just want to keep reminding you, if you're going to see what God sees, you've got to hear what he's saying. And, and if you hear what he's saying, we'll know because you'll start doing what he said. And, and, and you start doing what he said, and all of a sudden you begin to see what he was seeing, and you begin to see what you couldn't see before, which means that you can go where you couldn't go before, which means that you can reach what you couldn't touch before, which means that you could accomplish what was impossible before. And so, but you've got to be willing to move. You can't be digging your heels in. I know people that have spent the last 25 years in a, I mean, everything they got in an effort to prove they're right, and nobody else in the world even cares. Man, here's the deal. You've got to move. From, did, did we just lose everything? Sorry? Yes, okay, yeah, it helps when your head comes above that thing. I have a Bible, too. Where were we? Four? It, it, we were on three. Okay, you got to move from your position and follow it. Verse four says, then you're going to know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Here's the deal, guys, is that to get to where God's leading you, you need God because you ain't never been this way before. This is going to be hard for some of you old timers. See, it's, it's, one thing, it's one thing, you know, hey, I've been born again about six minutes. Everything's new. That's great. It's harder for us guys who, who were birthed and raised in the church because, you know, everything we do is based off of, a, a, off of a memory from a past experience, and we start putting stuff together, and we add this to that, and this is how you do it, and this is where you go, and this is what faith looks like, and, this is, and we've got seven easy steps to everything. But God, this is how God works. He's, you, know, you know what that ark's carrying? The presence of God. And, and you want to know what's going to happen? Is that presence of God's going to lead you in a way that you ain't never been before. So, so you, you, have to, you, have, you have to just embrace this thing that, guess what? Guess what's coming? Change. Not in the environment. I know we all want God to, like, change everything around us. No, he's going to change you. 
And he's going to stretch you. And he's going to grow you. And he's going to elevate you. But you have to be willing to be the one that says, okay, well, I ain't been this way before, but guess what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And he said, you know what? Follow it. And then you're going to know which way to go because you ain't never been this way. But keep a distance, about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Don't go near it. And Joshua said to the people, verse 5, consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And I, I just want to read this verse to you. I want to prophesy to you. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Okay, hold on. I mentioned last week that interpretation matters. You know, I've been, I've been places where I had to use an interpreter, and, and, and I could tell that when I would say certain things that the interpreter hadn't really interpreted it the way I would say it because of the response. You know, because they obviously didn't hear it, so I'd have to stop and have a little powwow, and what did you tell them? Well, this is what I told them. Why didn't you say what I said? Well, I don't know how to say that in this language. Well, let's figure it out. And then I'd say, you know, we'd get it figured out, and so I'd say it again, then he'd say it, and then their response would be radically different. And then I knew, okay, they heard that. So you guys, I'm speaking English. I shouldn't need an interpreter. <laughs> but we'll have a little powwow, okay? Consecrate yourselves, because the Lord is going to do amazing things for you. You're not hearing me. See, when you think of amazing, we're not talking about, that was an awesome service. No, amazing things? Amazing things? Amazing things. See, this is what's wrong with the church in our culture. Is that we think amazing is getting out five minutes early. And we can beat them Baptists to the buffet. You know, you know, no, amazing thing. It's like, like God, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man. He said, I can blow your mind. Consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, God's going to do amazing things. Okay, you're not hearing me. Well, yeah, but see, we're, we're really a refined congregation. Well, then you're in the wrong stinking building. I'm looking for people who are, going, who, are, who are going to believe God for something amazing. I'm talking about rip the roof off the house. I'm talking about kids that won't go to church falling in love with God. I'm talking about bodies that are supposed to be buried, rising up and walking around and healing people. I'm talking about amazing things. Look at, your, look at your neighbor and say, God's going to do amazing things for you. Now, 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 now they put the clock up. I was happier when things weren't working. <laughs> now they put the clock up and I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay, I got to hurry. So check this out. I do, I do experiments. And, and I start talking to people and I'm... I'm I'm experimenting. I'm, I'm, I'm like taking surveys, and people, you know, it's funny to me because I've done it for years, and they still don't pick up on it very often. But uh, I've talked to several people, and if you were one of them this week, thank you. Um, but I'd start off like, like, hey, how's your relationship with God? I mean, let's rate it from one to ten. One is like you just wandered into the building for the very first time in a drunken stupor. Ten, you are part of the Trinity. Okay? One to ten, where are you at? Almost everybody 
I, I mean, it wouldn't it be weird though if you asked that question and said 9.7? You know, almost everybody was pretty honest, and almost everybody just picked the middle ground. Five. Is it safe? You know, because if I say a two, he's going to want me to blow into something, you know. And, and, and if I say an eight, he's going to ask me to raise the dead, okay? So five, okay. And, and then we talk, we talk about other stuff. And so, so good, right? Good, though. It's not bad. I mean, you're not bad, but good. Yeah, good. And, and then we talk about other things. And, and then, oh, by the way, how, how's, how's, how's work going? Oh, you know, it's, it, it, man, there was a season where it was really awesome, but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's okay, but, but it's good. Yeah, it's good. So one to 10, yeah, five. And, and, and then we talk about other stuff, and then I bring up, hey, hey, how's your relationship? How's your, how's your marriage? And, you know, it's really weird, but uh, uh, five. And, and, everything, and everything in life is either rising or falling to a level that matches your relationship with God. Why? Because, well, you set the bar. What are you willing to accept? Good. Because it's not bad, but it's good. But see, this is where interpretation matters. Because, you know, God's going to do amazing things. That's good. Because he could do some mind-blowing stuff, but there are jack wagons around who will just suck it right down to, oh, that's, that's fine. That's good. And... Some of these same people, I ask them this question. One word to define these, these things. Just one word. Okay, the universe, the stars, the sun, the moon, the Milky Way, all of that expanse. One word. Tremendous. Outstanding. Mind-blowing. Okay, the oceans and the coral and the fish that you wish were in your tank and, and all that life and everything. Oh, that is Phenomenal. Okay, um, uh, your favorite place on earth, uh, one of the guys said it was IHOP. I had to leave him out. Because um, uh, IHOP is good. Okay, but, uh, but you, know, you know, Hawaii, oh, and this rank, it's way up here. Okay, so now let's look, at how, let's look at how we set things and how we define things compared to how God defines things. Because the Bible says in Isaiah, he said, hey, just remember this, that my thoughts aren't your thoughts and my ways aren't your ways. Not a put down, invitation up. Right? But uh, so, so God, God looks at the universe, the sun, the stars, the moon, the Milky Way, all of those, all of that, and he said, that's good. He didn't even say better. Remember the old Sears catalog? Good, better, best. No one ever bought good stuff. They always, I mean, you, you're going to jump up and do better at least, right? But God looks at it and says, hey, that's good. He could have said, that's better. No, he said that's good. So his good to you is shut the front door. Right? Well, interpretation matters. So when he says, when he says this, uh, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. <laughs> Safe move right there. He's talking about mind-blowing, phenomenal, and you're receiving, well, good. You pulled her down to your level, you jack wagon. You know, when God says, he 
who has begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus. He's talking a good work. He's talking, oh, crazy good. And you're thinking, well, it's not bad. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good. And you're thinking, well, there's some way this mess will be okay. We'll make it because God's going to turn it for good. <laughs> and you diminish the power of his goodness to match the boring state of your good. Why? So that when the preacher says, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do not good, amazing things. You, you want to know, you, you know, know why many people don't see the amazing things? There's two reasons. Two, two simple reasons. Not, number one, they can't see what God's seeing. Why? Because they never heard what he was saying. Well, does that mean it isn't there? That's kind of like saying on a cloudy day that the sun's not shining. Yeah, it is. You just don't see it. Why? Because you're too low. Well, where are these amazing things in my life? Which my response would be, well, where's the consecration in your life? Because I promise you that God will do exactly what he said he would do. No word of God will return void without accomplishing the very purpose for which he sent it forth to accomplish. God has never said that he'd do one thing and do another. That's not the kind of father he is. That's the kind of father I am. Right? You know, I told TJ, TJ, every once in a while reminds me that when he was a little boy, somehow I, I communicated something to him that he got it in his head that someday, you know, I, I just suggested that someday he would, he would get like a dirt bike. And he reminds me to this day, that never happened. <laughs> and he holds it against me. But you don't do that with God. Why? Because if God said it, no word from God will ever fail. Well, why am I not seeing it? Because there's no consecration. Oh, great. So now I have to fast? Because, you know, that's what we do when we consecrate. We fast. We cut out cheese. <laughs> if I cut out cheese, I get a little cranky. <laughs> consecrate means to set yourself apart for his purpose. Oh. That has nothing to do with cheese. I mean, I'm not belittling the fasting stuff at all because we do it. I do it. I, live, I have a fast lifestyle. I, I'm not but I'm talking about consecrate. Sometimes consecrate, all it means is to cross a line that you normally wouldn't cross. To set yourself apart. From who? From you. Why? Because you are going someplace you have never been before. So if God wants to do a new you, he needs you to separate from the old you so that the new you can stand up. So what you do when you cross that line is, is hello, fresh and new. So now I'm going to do something I had never done before. Why? Because I need to get someplace I've never been before. Why? So I can touch something I couldn't reach before. Why? So I can accomplish some things I couldn't get done before. And here's how God works, this collapse of time. Uh, I was talking with a friend. I won't mention his name. But he, he knows 
you know, he knows when he talks to me that he's probably going to be like an illustration. So it's okay. But uh, we're talking, and, he, and, and, and there's some stuff, and he's like, believe in God for some things. And, and we're talking, and I'm like challenging him, and I'm like, okay, man, let's believe God. Let's, let's just do this, and, and, and uh, let, okay, and let's consecrate because, okay. And, and he said, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to consecrate, and, and I'm just going to give it some time, and I'm, I'm going I'm to come over here. I'm, I'm going to, you know, in about 30 to 60, maybe even 90 days but, because, you know, it might take some time. And I'm like, see, that would be your good. It's like, we, be careful how you listen. He said, tomorrow, sucker. See, some of y'all, 90 days from now, the thing you're praying for, we will have buried it. He said, tomorrow. Let, let me tell you one of the things that just has me pumped, because tomorrow... It's the day after today. Well, don't you put God in a box. Why? You do. Well, the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 35, cast not therefore away thy confidence, which has great recompense of a reward, for thou have need of patience, so that after you've done the will of God, you can receive the promise. See, patience is a virtue. Patience. You need patience. You don't even know what patience is. Yes, I do. Patience is the ability to wait a long time. No, it ain't. That's endurance. Patience is the ability to remain unchanged regardless of time. Patience is like Paul saying, these things that are coming... None of these things move me. Patience is John 14, where it says, let not your heart be troubled or agitated. Don't allow your emotions to move you. Stand your ground. No matter what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like, don't change. Be patient. You have need of patience. You have need of standing on that word. Don't throw away your confidence. Remember that faith is confidence in what I'm hoping for. So don't lose that confidence. How do I, how do I build that confidence? Well, faith is confidence in what you're hoping for, and faith cometh by hearing. So as I hear the word of God, my confidence grows. Well, don't let go of that. I'm here today to tell you that if you would consecrate yourself today, God will blow your mind tomorrow. I double dog dare you. Not, not, not playing some stupid little church game. I'm talking about, okay, God, I'm drawing a line in the sand today. The dude that's walking out of this building is not the jack wagon that walked in. I'm going to have a new thought, a new attitude. I'm going to do life your way. And you know what? I just feel like stepping out here because, you know, I have said some things in my lifetime that I wish, you know, I heard somebody say something one time and it just blew my mind and then I found out it was me. I was praying for this person. <laughs> I always think it's funny when they start the music. They think I'm quitting. <laughs> I, was, I was praying for this person. No, I give them a cue. They did that. I just like to make fun. Thanks, guys. You're doing great. Um, I'll, I'll try to stop drawing attention to you guys, but you're so dang good looking. 
I was praying for this person one time, and uh, uh, do you have a minute? I don't have to tell you this, but it's kind of a cool story. I was, I was praying for this person one time. And, you know, sometimes when I'm praying, I don't like to look at people. You know, I close my eyes. I'm just trying to see God and hear God and obey God. And I'm praying for this. You know, there's this line of people, and I'm just going down the line, and we're visiting it, you know, in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And, I, and I'm praying for people, and God's been doing great things. And I get to this person, and I put my hand on their shoulder, and, and, and my eyes are closed. And, you know, and, and I just said, you're just like the three little pigs. And I open my eyes, and this huge woman's standing there. That's what went off in my spirit, too. So I closed my eyes again. <laughs> I'm thinking, God, you just, Tom, you said that out loud to her. And so I just went with it. And I said, you know, uh, three times in your life, the enemy has come, and he's huffed, and he's puffed, and, he, and he's blown your house down. But this is the third time, and, he, and you're standing on the Word of God, and it's not going to happen this time. And I looked up, and, and she was shaking. She was crying. I, I, I didn't know if she heard God or she's just going to kill me. And, uh, uh, but I thought, dude, that's, that's wild. Let's get out of here. Start the car. And we left. And a few years later, Shelby and I were going back through Coeur d'Alene. And uh, I can't remember what restaurant it was, but we had walked into a restaurant. And this lady came up, and, and she grabs me, and she goes, do you remember me? I went, nope. <laughs> I'm not good with that stuff. You know, no, I don't. She goes, you remember when you told that lady about the three little pigs? I went, Yep. She, she hunted me down, man. It's going to be on like Donkey Kong. And, and she says, let me tell you my story. And she just shared briefly her story, how the, the IRS had come in two previous times. They'd taken everything they had. They'd taken their businesses. They'd taken their homes. They'd taken their cars. They'd taken their stuff. And they had been audited. And the third time they were going back, but she had been standing on a promise of God. And that when I pray that, you know, sometimes you just say stuff and it's like, Wow. Because I would have never, I mean, where would I have made that up? I want to say something to you. Consecrate yourself. Tomorrow, God's going to do amazing things. Tomorrow. You ain't got to wait 90 days. I learned... I wish I'd learned it earlier, but I learned in life that when I get real with God, God gets real with me. To consecrate yourself, what, what, I, need to, what I need to cut off? You know, see, if you want to fly, you kind of got to get rid of the anchors. See, instead of waiting to see what happens, God wants you to prepare yourself to be what happens. What, what, I need, what I need to say, what I need to get rid of, most, most of you don't even need to ask God. You already know. There's an attitude. There's that unforgiveness. There's that bitterness. There's that, there's that habit. There's that stuff. You know, what, you know what today is? Consecration day. It's where you step out of the old you and say, okay, God, I'm gonna, welcome, I'd like to introduce you to the new me, the free me. The true me. No more games. I want you to do amazing things. I want you to close your book, bow your head. And if you're in this place today, and you say, you know what I need? I, I need to submit myself to him in 
all my ways and let him make my path straight. So my act of trust today is going to be, this is my first step. This is the first step of my consecration. We're all going to pray a prayer together. But this is my first step. And Pastor, I know what this prayer is. This is like salvation. I believe like I'm saved. But uh, well, still, this is your first step. So you don't lean on your understanding. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we're going to pray the prayer that we pray in every service, and some people are going to give their life to Jesus, and some people are just making a consecration. This is the first step. This is the step of your consecration. You're starting here, and you say, today I'm making a step of consecration because I'm ready for an amazing tomorrow. I'm believing God for an amazing tomorrow, so I'm making this prayer my prayer. And and some of you guys, you know, you you don't even know what in the world's going on. You don't even know Jesus. You're going to make this prayer your prayer and, and, and start this amazing journey. And have a collision with a God-given destiny today. And, and if you're here today and you say, okay, I'm making this prayer my prayer. I'm going to make it a little bit more tough today. We're not bringing you down here. Nothing like that. But right where you are, I just want you to stand up and say, okay, this is my consecration moment. I'm believing God for an amazing tomorrow. Just stand to your feet right now. I'm believing God. I'm believing God. We're going to pray, and then we're going to sit back down, and we're going to get ready, and we're going to go out of here and live different. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. No word from God will ever fail. And today, we consecrate ourselves. And Father, we, we separate ourselves from ourselves. Now, we're not going to be the people that we were 30 minutes ago. But we, we are going to walk in the newness of life that we have in you. And old things are passing away. Old things are passing away. Mindsets are leaving. God, we, we are ready to grapple with the devil if we have to. We are not going to be the same as we were when we came in here. And we want to uh, partner with you. God, we open ourselves up for amazing things. I want everybody in this place, pray this, just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I know I need your love. I know I need your acceptance. I know I need your forgiveness. And I know that you have the power. You alone have the power to save. And I thank you, God, for saving me and for setting me free. Now change me from the inside out. Give me vision. Give me strength. Give me joy. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Now praise, give him an amazing praise. Come on, somebody, shout.